get my nom 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 on with the my top chicks and we will eat on eat on the weekly dish Welcome to Second Helpings. This is the podcast extra content for the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to talk a little bit about some peccadillos from the brewing industry. Pecs, what is Peccadillos. Do you know what peccadillo is? No. Sort of a I felt like an armadillo. A little bit. It's sort of like a concern or like a, an, an annoyance maybe, uh, you know, something that bugs them about, you know, because here's the deal. We all, God, you and I love to talk about things that annoy us. I think that's half of our show. And then the other half is things we love, right? But sometimes we don't get exactly what the experts are feeling. And so that's why I love it when we do like, what do, you know, the 20 rants from servers or right. like the 15 things that brewers want to tell you, which is, I think what we're doing today. We asked brewers, well, we didn't actually we didn't ask, do it. Uh, a person named Nico Chromitis asked brewers, what are the worst trends in beer right now? And I think the reason I was thinking about this is because uh, we do another podcast that is about the state fair called Podcast on a Stick, which you're welcome to subscribe to. We've done two preview episodes and we'll be podcasting each day of the state fair. And there were 53 new specialty beverages and beers that were introduced as part of the state fair package. And just so many beer trends there, and some of them good, and some of them not so good. And so we really broke down that list. Just in general, the beer industry, particularly in the state of Minnesota, is burgeoning, and we are seeing so much more in the craft brewing field. There's like 190 now. mm, I don't know about that. But there's... Did you look at that I think, yeah. There's definitely over 100, but I mean, I think it... I don't know if it jumped 90 breweries in this last year. Okay. I'm going to look. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it matters, but we'll look it up. Um, but the point is, is that actually craft beer, and I mean, the thing is, is that craft beer is kind of reaching a peak. You know, there's a there's a part where I think where the industry knows that there's, you know, there's a lot of growing pains because there's not that many more drinkers, actually. Right. That the amount of drinkers is staying the same. It's staying the same. And so then it starts to get a little bit cannibalistic. Um, in terms of each other's and because it's not like you're gaining more people you're just sort of spreading them out and that's that's what's interesting and I think that that's where we're going to see some you know things happen in the industry okay here's what I can tell you I can tell you that in 2017 there were 112 craft breweries okay and I swear I heard 190 but there we go okay With so many breweries and so many new breweries and the amount of drinkers potentially remaining the same, there's a whole need or craving or platform for innovation, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's trying to be the first to market, the best to market, the one that's going to take off. There's... Well, how do you stand out when everybody has an IPA and everybody has a stout? How do you, what's your, what's, what are you saying that makes people want to come to you instead of going to like the one who's across the street from you? And do you feel like that the answer to that might be in not beer at all? Like, because we're seeing now hard seltzers and we're seeing the rise of some of those malt-based beverages that, I don't know, is a malt-based beverage just by that very fact beer? No, 
Okay. Because it's a different process. So we're going to see, I think, more malt-based cocktails, more malt-based beverages. Yeah. As a way to diversify the beer offerings. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I mean, the hard seltzer game is is really big, and that's part of the process you know, that comes off of brewing, like it's an easy, it's an easy go for local brewers. And the, like, you know, we had talked about the hard seltzers and how they are a $70 million market within this last tw- in 2018. So summer of 2019 is sort of this big proving ground and having the locals be able to get a slice of that is important, I think. Yeah. Whether or not that, that, that calls the women drinkers that they think is funny to me because I think there are more men out there with White Claws, you know, and hard seltzers than anybody. And I think that's funny. So it it is. It is funny. You do you do see that. And yeah, there's a lot of guys drinking White Claw and there's a lot of brewers drinking White Claw. And that's just a refreshing moment, you know, and a, like a, a pause from your milkshake IPA or from your hazy, you know, pineapple expression. I think that's okay. I don't think I, I think that there's a lot of room. I think there's you know, because there's you're also drinking cocktails and people are making beers that are taste like cocktails and yep. trying to make beer that tastes like rose. I think it's all just fun and experimental and I don't have a problem with it. And it's kinda like if you think about a restaurant, you know, the chefs are doing different specials every day and they're always trying to innovate. People that are brewers, people that are chefs, they're creative beings. They can't just keep making that same cheeseburger every day. Um, with that, here are the some of the worst trends in beer right now nationally, and I'm just curious, Steph, what your thoughts are. Lactose and IPAs is a big trend, and we're seeing a lot of that in those state fair beers that we talked about. How the do you feel about that? The ones. cloudy, yeah. yeah, milkshake beers. I again, I'm okay with that. I don't, as far as a mouthfeel, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't. It makes I don't, them richer. Yeah, I don't have any problem with them. I think they're fun. My, you know, my big thing is that when they get too sweet. Yes. So it's like if you want to make me a milkshake, I'd rather go straight up. Instead of it making it a strawberry nectarine pineapple milkshake, that's too much. Though that sounded kind of good if it was an actual milkshake. Nectarine. Um, Here's a trend. Big beers creating new breweries in popular beer-centric destinations while posing them as independent startups. Yeah, that's hard. Is this one of the the 20 things that bugs people? Yes. Yeah, that's, I don't, I'm not a big fan of big beers trying to pretend that they're small beers. The average, they say the average consumer is unaware that their money is not supporting the local, local craft beer community. We're seeing that though in food too, like... You know, some of these big conglomerates are starting these very granola feeling craft packaging type of brands that are. Well, I figure anything that's pros, you know, is packaged. I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel like if you know Sam Adams isn't like a local craft brewery, then that's a pretty. I think you know your locals. I think it's harder when they, when the big guys, you know, pretend that this is a small endeavor and that it's not. Yeah. You know. Um, someone says, I think the ratings on apps and websites have taken some of the human element out of craft beer. How do you feel? I mean, I'm just, not a consumer of those things, but you know, rate beer and, uh, craft tapped. I think those are two big yes. ones. And that's a thing where you get to go. It's the Yelp. It's the yelping of beer. And I think it's funny though, because only the beer geeks really read those and only the beer geeks are the ones Absolutely. on there. So they're doing it to themselves. Absolutely. How about the, I've never even heard of this as a trend, the slow pour Pilsner. Hmm. It sounds almost like a, you know, it drives me crazy when I go to a coffee store and they, or a coffee shop and they do the pour over. Oh, I like a pour over coffee. Oh, 
Who's I'm got okay time for that? Like, well, there's times that I do have time for it, and then I want it. Okay. But if I'm just like running in for a coffee, I don't do that. But and I if I'm standing it. behind you waiting for your pour over, I'm I annoyed. Be, well, my pour over, you shouldn't. They shouldn't be pour over in line, though. Okay. You should go to the side. Again, this is a whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> here's not, another we're trend. Not get into that one. Uh, seltzers and breweries. Yeah. This person, Chris Gilmore, says, I think the trend will leave a negative impact on the integrity of the industry. I hmm. disagree. Totally. I totally disagree. He says, I understand the desire to diversify, especially given stagnant sales across the industry of late, but hard seltzer is not the answer. It is. He says, <laughs> I can get down with hazy IPAs, pastry stouts, and even beer cocktails, but seltzer is a quick cop-out for a lot of fledgling places. I'd like to see low-calorie beer or even non-alcoholic craft options fill the void. At least it's still beer. No, I think that what the seltzer, what he's totally missing out on this is the gluten-free person. And that, to me, what seltzer is so much better than trying to brew a gluten-free beer that tastes good. A seltzer fills that niche for someone who wants to hang out with you at your brewery but can't have gluten. Those are That's a perfect thing of that. Yeah, and there are a lot of those people. Yeah. Um, here's one that a woman named Lana says. She says, this trend that's making me sad, but I don't ever see it going away, is the hype. People want to get a beer everyone's talking about, stand in line for its release, or pay scandalous money, sometimes more than 18-fold the initial price, just so that they feel okay. Nobody wants to admit putting a lot of effort, money, or time into just making good beer. It's always about the latest, the newest, and the greatest. I don't know how to, I don't, I, like, she just wants to sit at her brewery with the same 12-pack and never have anything new, then, I guess, is what she's saying. She just wants to drink her one beer. But I don't, I, I hear what she said. I guess the limited release thing is kind of interesting to me. I always, you know, the driving around, like, surly darkness and everything else. But that's driven by people who are excited by it themselves. It's not, like... You know, and I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to not wide release every single thing. You know, I think limited editions of things also keeps the American uh, consumer in check. And if there's you a market for it, everything you want, every moment you want it. I'm OK with that. Um, how about was glitter beer ever a trend? It was never a trend. Glitter beer is fun, though. Like sure. just that's actually Sometimes going to a craft brewery place and sitting on the patio and trying a weird beer because you've got the little flights options. Sometimes glitter in your beer is fun. I don't have that's not fun for me, <laughs> but that's fine. I'm not against glitter beer. I just don't understand the point of it. Just so you look at your beer for three seconds and you're fulfilled or is that it? And then you drink it and it's no different. Is that it? Here's one that just this person could be Stephanie March. Oh. Whole pastries instead of constituent ingredients going into stouts. You're not even thinking about flavors anymore. You're just trying to do something for the gram. Oh, are they talking about putting like a donut in yes. your stout? Like a putting an actual the donut, whole donut in your versus beer. like the grain or the wheat. Yes. Weird. I don't. I yeah. That might be me. I, I yeah. Like I'm the big thing for me is integrity of the item first. Uh, integrity of the food stuff, the drink, whatever flavor and everything else, and then the picture of it. Because otherwise, like for instance, we all know I cannot stand those shakes that are overflowing out of their glass and with like a stupid entire three layer cake on top of it. Right. That's not a real thing. You can't actually enjoy that. Or the Bloody Marys that have the chicken wing, the cheeseburger, Stop the it. grilled cheese, yeah. the pickles, the olives, the cipollini onions. I would the love whole. to see someone. My next, my comment is always, show me how you're eating or drinking that. Show it. <laughs> Take a video, glass. please, of you doing that. Um, 
This is interesting that this is another beer trend observation from a guy named Jonathan. He's the head brewer at Rockwell Beer Company. He says, I'm over the meatheads who think it's okay to put out sexist beer labels and social media posts. It's not edgy or tongue-in-cheek. It's gross, it's harmful, and it should be beneath us as an industry. I also think it appeals to the type of crowd who would have no problem commenting on a female bartender's appearance, but would only take a beer recommendation from a dude. No one needs more of that. I know. That's dumb. So that's interesting. I really appreciate that because you know what I heard from a couple of female bartenders who had gripes that they said, they said they are surprised by how many dudes like don't, they're like in a busy bar and they don't look to them to get the drink order. They're waiting for the guy. And I'm like, well, they're lost then. They can go into the back of the line. Like, that's amazing. I thought that was shocking. As a female bartender in the past, that never happened. Like if the bar is busy and they want a drink, they'll... It just surprised me that there were people who would not be like, please get me my drink, whoever you are. You could be Martian back there. I just need my drink. Yeah, I feel the same way. But But I'm wondering, like, I'm being silent because I'm kind of thinking about, I'm going to just have to be more thoughtful and think about that. Yeah. Whether that enters my consciousness or not. I don't think it does. Unless this is a beer person who's like, I want to ask a question about a beer and maybe that's why they're waiting for the dude because they is, think the dude they would think maybe the dude know more. more. I don't know. That's dumb. Uh, Alyssa, the head brewer from Jagged Mountain Craft Brewery, says, I honestly hate the unfermented, super-fruited beers, the ones where you can literally chew on the fruit particles like a smoothie. The first time someone let me taste one, I thought it was some sort of beer slushy. Uh, yeah. If, if you want something like that, just go to Jamba Juice and get yourself a smoothie. Oh, that does not That's sound funny. good. Uh, overloaded sweetness, great for sipping, but ruins the session and really messes up your gut. And your palate. Let's be clear on something. If you sugar bomb your palate, you're done. I mean, like, that's the, my bigger problem is that, like, that's why we have dessert at the end, you guys. Because when you sugar bomb your palate by stuff, you don't get to taste a lot of stuff after that. Like, you lose nuance. Do you think that we're going to see more, just in the Twin Cities in particular, in the beginning, craft breweries started up, and then the food trucks went where the craft breweries were. And then instead of having restaurants inside the breweries, they would do a rotation of the trucks, or there'd be a truck in residence. I feel like the breweries are going to start getting into the restaurant business and doing more full-service restaurants on their own. Well, what I do know, there's a couple sides to this. One, there is a backlash from the food trucks because some of the breweries are now saying you have to pay me rent for being here or a percentage of your sales. Where yep. It used to be this whole collaborative like, yeah, we don't want to do a kitchen and you guys want to, you know, so now it's like this weird thing and the trucks are saying, um, people are coming to your brewery because they want to eat our food too. So it's not really just... We're not going to pay you a portion of these sales unless you want to give us a portion of your sales. And so that became, so there's a little bit of a, there's something going on right now in the food truck community. No one's really willing to go on record about it. So I can't really report it yet. Sure. But there's stuff in the next, within the next year, you're going to see some stuff on that. Other side of it is though, they don't like places like Tattersall. They had originally, and this is, of course, a distillery, but same idea. They had thought that they wanted to do food first. You know, they were like, let's do food. And then they realized that's just too much. We don't actually have the bandwidth to do that. We really want to concentrate on the cocktail. So for, you know, 
I think they have a food background. They could do it if they wanted to, and they have the space where they could do it if they need to, but they don't want to. They want to focus. And so then there's some people who will never want to do food. But I do think that there are people who are deciding now that the way that they maybe need some additional sales, they need to... And the way to grow. And the way that they want to make their own statement. For instance, the Fulton guys, you know, they parked the trailer outside and now they're doing food truck. It's their own trailer. They have hired their own chef. So it is their own food and the way that they want to do it. And they want to match it with their beers. They want to make a more cohesive statement. I think that's smart. Yeah, I think that that's coming and we're going to see more of that. Also, just trying to stand out in a really crowded field. Yeah. How can you do that? Like the ladies at Urban Growler have a full service restaurant. Yeah. One of them had restaurant experience in the front of the house. But, you know, it's also like running a brewery and making beer is one thing. Running a restaurant, it like, it's a whole other different. business and very different. Very different. And there's hospitality involved and there's a whole different, you know, food safety that is so different. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a lot. What are, when you think of your like, and you're kind of in a different part of town than I am. What are like, if I said to you, Stephanie, you get to go to three breweries tomorrow. Three tap rooms. Do you want me to be in my area, or are you saying? I just where would you like out west? Just where would you go? There's three that you think are good that you want to go. Um, well, and it could be different than what they were last year. I don't know. Uh, three tap rooms you like? Oh, three tap rooms I like. If we're just saying that, I you're mean, just gonna go drink beer. Okay. Um, well, I love Dangerous Man because I love the beer at Dangerous Man. That's one of the places that I think has got the best beer. And then I love Bauhaus because the vibe is so good. And I've always had a great time on their patio. And, you know, it just feels really good. Uh-huh. But if I'm talking local, because technically that's kind of a thing. I mean, I think if I was around to also I would go to Abel. I've been to Abel a lot. And that's because of the animal truck. truck. But nonetheless, I love their beer too. You know, so like to me, that is the best marriage is Abel and Animales. That is one of the best. But if I would say that I just want to throw out my local, which is Back Channel Brewing, which is just, you know, down the road and it's kind of uh, on the way to Mound and it sort of sits on Lake Minnetonka and they have a different rotating food truck. But for me, I'm probably only going to go there in the summer because I can get food delivered from Minnetonka Drive in across the street. So I can get my double twin burger and get my beers from there. You just prove, okay, I'm going to do the same exercise. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about why I had you do it. Okay. Okay. So three breweries, I just have to pick where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Bad Weather Brewing because I think that their beer is really good. Mm -hmm. And I like the vibe in that tap room because it's families and people just hanging out and it feels real St. Paul. So that's number one. I'm also going to go to Sociable Cider Works, which is not beer, but it is that same tap room. And they have a lot of different ciders. And I like the exclusive ciders that they do that you only can get in the tap room. And then I have to come up with my third one. Um, Okay. I think my third one is Prize Brewing because I like the part of town it's in. It's on the West River Road. I used to have a business there, so I have like a connection to that place. But I think the Miraculum um, IPA that they have is really good. It's delicious. And I just like the vibe there. Like it feels cool. There's dogs. It's people. And I like sitting outside on the river. Mm -hmm. What's fascinating about the exercise, though, that we just did is like sometimes you're going somewhere for the beer. Sometimes you're going somewhere for the food. Sometimes you're going somewhere because you can bring your dog. Like, it's like a restaurant. It you is. don't just go like, oh, I'm going to this place because they have the best burger. It's, is it proximity? What is the vibe I'm looking for? Do they have a patio? It's the same feel. Yeah. So the beer has almost become 
part of the equation, but not all of the equation. Right. And right. that's the exercise that I think is so fascinating because we have so many choices. Well, and I was going to say, and if you asked me what beers I would pull out of a cooler, I would say Fair State is one of the ones that I would pick hands down, top notch. I would pull a Fair State out for sure. But I don't ever go to that brewery. I totally hear you. I don't go you. sit in that tap room. And, and it's Modest not, is also yeah, great. Modest is also. Beer and cans. Yep. And I, but have, I never go to the tap room. I don't either. And so it is, it is interesting to me the differences for why you go. And I mean, like Surly to me is it's so funny because Surly is both in those ways. Like I would grab a Surly. I would order a Surly on a menu because if I don't know anything else on there, because I know it's solid and I can count on it. And I would go to Surly tap room for us because it's close. Not for all the other reasons that all the other people go to Surly. I actually only go to Surly for the food. Yeah. Like the beer is kind of secondary to me. I think the beer is good, but I'm just, I never crave like a Surly necessarily. Yeah. I don't, I do like, if I'm going to grab a cooler out of my, or something out of my cooler, it's going to be, I love a Summit. I still love Summit. I'm very, I'm a St. Paul person. I feel kind of loyal to Summit, but I've never want to go down to their tap room. Yeah. Like I just have no interest to go down there. I uh, also, I think about the far reaching stuff. Like I'm heading out to see, uh, you know, a friend who lives in Victoria and I know that Enki Brewing is on the way and I might, but I used to not do that. I, I mean, like I used to do it a ton and then I haven't done that. Like go seek out the far reaching yeah. ones as much as I used to. And I think that's kind of interesting. And I don't go see the new ones. I really don't. And I've never been I to used... like Uda Pills. Yeah. See? Which, and I've not still, I've never, I've not been to Ladonia. Like there's just oh, so I many. Love... Ladonia. I would actually put Ladonia up there as one of my favorites. That's a secret spot for me, though. And I don't, I mean, I talk about it, but I also don't like to overly talk about it because I just love going there and hanging out there. Yeah. And we don't want people to and know about And I like to watch soccer spots. there. Right. And I don't want you to look for me there, you guys. Just don't look for me there. All right. And if okay. you see her, don't say, yeah, are you know, Stephanie March? That's the only place you can't come up to me is at Ladonia. Everywhere else you can say, hey, but just give me a five minutes. All right. And that is it for this edition of The Second Helpings. We realize today that we may be remiss sometimes when we've talked about places on uh, following up with places where there's links that you can get more information about what we've talked about. So I want to direct you to the Weekly Dish Facebook page. If you're ever looking for things there, look there. And if we we haven't posted something and you want us to, send us a message through Messenger there. Both Stephanie and I get it and we'll get things posted as fast as we can. Have a great weekend. Ciao, everyone. This is a summer to stay connected locally. From the pandemic to protest to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota podcasts live here.